0: CHAPTER Twelve: THE VICTORIOUS ATTITUDE BY ORSON SWEAT MARDEN. THIS LIBRIVOX RECORDING IS IN THE PUBLIC DOMAIN. YOU ARE HEADED TOWARD YOUR IDEAL. FAITH AND THE IDEAL STILL REMAIN THE MOST POWERFUL LEVERS OF PROGRESS AND OF HAPPINESS. JEAN Finot. IF WE ARE CONTENT TO UNFOLD THE LIFE WITHIN ACCORDING TO THE PATTERN GIVEN US, WE SHALL REACH THE HIGHEST END OF WHICH WE ARE CAPABLE we tend to grow into the likeness of the things we long for most think about most the gods we worship write their names in our faces emerson in hawthorne's story the great stone face we have an impressive illustration of the power of an ideal one's memory holds a vivid picture of its hero whose mind had dwelt from childhood on the local tradition that a man-child should be born whose face would resemble that of the mountain profile above the little hamlet of his nativity and that this child would eventually become the leader and savior of the people so wholeheartedly did he believe the legend so earnestly did he long for its fulfillment and so constantly did his eyes dwell on the prophetic profile that unconsciously his own features changed until outwardly as well as inwardly he completely embodied the ideal which his mind had absorbed on every hand we see illustrations of the transforming power of the ideal It is out-pictured in the faces we see in the street, in trains and shops, in theaters and churches, wherever people congregate. How quickly we can select from a crowd of strangers the successful businessman. His initiative, leadership, executive ability speak out of his face and manner. The same is true of men in other vocations, of the scholar, the clergyman, the lawyer, the teacher, the doctor, the farmer, the day-laborer, go into any institution factory store or other place of business and you can quickly detect the nature of the ideals outpictured in the faces in the expression in the manner of the people you see there visit sing sing and you will see the power of the ideal which has worked like a leaven in its inmates the criminal suggestion the criminal thought the criminal ideal is reflected in the faces of those who visualize crime planned and thought out in its details long before they committed the criminal act whatever we hold in our minds dwell upon contemplate whatever is dominant in our motives will stand out in our flesh so the world can read it many absolutely authentic cases of stigmata are recorded in the lives of medieval saints on whose bodies appeared an exact reproduction of all the wounds of the crucified christ Some of these cases were in convents and monasteries and were the result of long and intense concentration of the mind of the subject upon the physical sufferings of Christ. Frequently the phenomena occurred after the austerities of Lent, during which the monks and nuns had focused more intensely and steadily upon the tortures of the Savior's passion and death. If the contemplation of those tortures, the constant mental picturing of the sufferings of the God-man, the soul's great sympathy with its ideal could change the very tissues of the body could reproduce on it the actual physical marks of the cruel spear in the side of the nails in the hands and feet and of the thorns in the head think of the wonderful possibilities in the reversal of these thoughts and this picturing think of what the contemplation of the wonderful work accomplished by the savior on earth of the constant mental picturing of his glorious life of his tenderness and love for humanity of his power and dignity of his continually outpouring of himself in service think of what the constant holding of such an ideal such a model and the perpetual effort to realize it would do for the race we tend to become like what we admire sympathize with and persistently hold in mind the hero of the great stone face became the counterpart of his ideal the history of christianity is a continuous record of the power of the ideal to raise men and women to their highest power st paul one of the most conspicuous of these examples is so possessed so enthused by the inspiration of his great model that he cries i live not i but christ in me the contemplation of perfection is always uplifting nothing so strengthens a mind enlarges manhood or womanhood widens the thought as the constant effort to measure up to high ideals the struggle to better our best to make our highest moments permanent in the continual reaching of the mind to the things above and beyond the steady pursuit of the ideal which constantly advances as we pursue is what has led the race up from savagery to twentieth-century civilization a great artist was one day found by a friend in tears in his studio when asked the cause of his distress he replied i have produced a work with which i am satisfied and i shall never produce another it is said he never did the inspiration that had urged him on was his ideal that kept him always striving to improve on what he had previously done without it there was nothing to strive for without an ideal there is no growth and where there is no growth there is retrogression without a vision the people perish nothing in the universe is static none of us stand still we are all traveling in some direction either forward or backward everything depends on the ideal what we admire and aspire to enters into the very texture of our being becomes part of us if we had the power to analyze any individual we could tell what books he had read could detect the type of his friends and associates could name his heroes that is we could tell what ideals had actuated him parents and teachers should urge upon the young the importance of hero worship of choosing the highest human ideals our lives are modeled chiefly after the pattern of the ideals of our youth and there is no danger of too much hero worship if only the heroes are worthy history is full of examples of the powerful influence of ideals upon our great men it is said that alexander the great always carried a copy of homer's iliad in his pocket and that he never tired of reading about achilles the great hero whom he was ambitious to resemble many a young man in this country who has been inspired encouraged and stimulated by lincoln's career has not only lived a grander life and made a truer success because he moulded his life after that of his hero but he has developed many qualities in common with lincoln which otherwise might have lain forever dormant many a young officer in our army is more efficient because of his imitation of grant and lee the ideals which haunted his dreams and which ever urged him up and on it is of the utmost importance to choose our ideal early in life a high and beautiful ideal that should be our pole star the highest and brightest light we know a recent writer says my advice to all those just starting out to travel life's turnpike is don't start until you have your ideal then don't stop till you get it of course we all have ideals of some kind when we are young but how many of us keep them even till middle age what young man has entered into active life without an ideal before him of what he is going to do and how the world is going to be better by him what young girl but who leaving school life smiling before her dreams of the ideal love she will find the ideal happy home she will make and the beautiful work she will do in life with the ideal man of her girlish dreams by her side but do the youth and the maiden hold these ideals throughout the years with the strength of conviction that overcomes all difficulties or do they abandon them with the first discouragement and settle down into a commonplace existence with interest in nothing above the material to youth naturally come glorious ideals not only of what one's own life is to be but of what life in general should be the ideal man the ideal woman the ideal social system and with all these is a vague desire or intention to help toward their fulfilment but too often the result of disappointment in the effort to better conditions is first to give up the hope of realizing the ideal and then to abandon the ideal itself here is where the great danger of retrogression comes in unless the ideal be held with tenacity that no failure or disappointment can relax it is apt to fade away after the first ardor of youth is passed one of the greatest aids to the preservation of the youthful ideal in all its freshness and beauty is to recall frequently daily the moral heroes who first gave one a glimpse of one's possibilities and aroused one's ambition recall the special books or particular chapters which fired you to emulate some noble character renew yourself mentally by visualizing the life and work of men and women who have wrought nobly for humanity think of the washingtons the franklins the lincolns the emersons the ruskins the florence nightingales the jane adams the susan b anthonys the francis willards and you will be strengthened to resist the debasing influence of the fierce competition for wealth and preferment even for mere subsistence which in so many instances push out of sight the aspirations and ideals of youth Keep constantly in mind the grand characters whose achievements aroused you to noble thoughts and endeavor in the springtime of life, and your standards will never drop. Character always develops according to the pattern within us. No artist could paint the face of Christ with the model of Judas before his mental vision. No great character can ever be built with low, groveling ideals in the mind the constant struggle to measure up to high ideals is the only force in heaven or on earth that can make a life great beautiful and fruitful if we would ever accomplish anything of worth if we would ever establish our oneness with the creator and accomplish the work he sent us here to do we must live up to our ideal with eyes fixed on this ideal we must work with heart and hand and brain with a faith that never grows dim with a resolution that never wavers with a patience that is akin to genius we must persevere unto the end for as we advance our ideal as steadily moves upward the situation that has not its duty its ideal carlyle was never yet occupied by man yes here in this poor miserable hampered despicable actual wherein even thou now standest here or nowhere is thy ideal work it out therefrom and working believe live be free fool the ideal is in thyself never were truer words spoken wrapped up in every human being there are divine energies which if given proper direction will develop the ideal from stage to stage who sees a sculptor at work upon a block of marble sees what appears to be only a mechanical performance but out of sight in the sculptor's brain there is a quiet presence we do not perceive and every movement of the hand is impelled by that shining thought within the brain the presence is the ideal without it he would be a mason through it he becomes an artist the ideal is the real by it we shape our lives as the sculptor shapes the image from the rough marble external means alone will not accomplish this you must lay hold of the eternal principles of the everlasting verities or you never can approach your ideal your first advance toward it lies in what you are doing now in what you are thinking not on some far-off hide in some distant scene or fabled land where longing without endeavor is magically satisfied will we carve out the ideal that haunts our souls but here and now in this poor mean actual here or nowhere is our ideal in the humble valley on the boundless prairie on the farm on sea or on land in workshop store or office wherever there is honest work for the hand and brain of man to do within the circumscribed limits of our daily duties is the field wherein the outworking of our ideal must be wrought your circumstances may be uncongenial says james allen but they shall not long remain so if you but perceive an ideal and strive to reach it you cannot travel within and stand still without here is a youth hard pressed by poverty and labor confined long hours in an unhealthy workshop unschooled and lacking all the arts of refinement but he dreams of better things he thinks of intelligence of refinement of grace and beauty he conceives of mentally builds up an ideal condition of life the vision of a wider liberty and larger scope takes possession of him unrest urges him to action and he utilizes all his spare time and means though small they are to the development of his latent powers and resources very soon so altered has his mind become that the workshop can no longer hold him it has become so out of harmony with his mentality that it falls out of his life as a garment is cast aside and with the growth of opportunities which fill the scope of his expanding powers he passes out of it forever years later we see this youth as a full-grown man we find him a master of certain forces of the mind which he wields with world-wide influence and almost unequalled power in his hands he holds the cords of gigantic responsibilities he speaks and lo, lives are changed men and women hang upon his words and remould their characters and sunlike, he becomes the fixed and luminous centre round which innumerable destinies revolve He has realized the vision of his youth he has become one with his ideal the curse of the average person is commonness the lack of aspiring ideals there are thousands of farmers who never get above cattle and wheat of doctors who never become superior to prescriptions or diseases of lawyers who never wholly subordinate their briefs the ideals of the masses rarely rise out of mediocrity most of us live in the basement of our lives while the upper stories are all unused millions of human beings never get out of the kitchen of their existence we need aspiration and great thought models to lift us god has whispered into the ear of all existence look up there is potential celestial gravitation in every mortal there is a spiritual hunger in humanity which, if fed and nourished, will lead to the upbuilding and developing of great souls. There is a latent divinity in every son of Adam which must be aroused before there can be any great progress in individual uplift. In a factory where mariners' compasses are made before the needles are magnetized, they will lie in any position, but when once touched by the mighty magnet, once electrified by that mysterious power, they ever afterwards point only in one direction many a young life lies listless purposeless until touched by the divine magnet after which if it nourishes its aspirations it always points to the north star of its hope and its ideal every faintest aspiration that springs up in our heart is a heavenly seed within us which will grow and develop to rich beauty if only it be fed encouraged THE BETTER THINGS DO NOT GROW EITHER IN MATERIAL OR MENTAL SOIL WITHOUT CARE AND NOURISHMENT. ONLY WEEDS, BRIARS, AND NOXIOUS PLANTS THRIVE EASILY. THE ASPIRATION THAT IS NOT TRANSLATED INTO ACTIVE EFFORT WILL DIE, JUST AS ANY POWER OR FUNCTION THAT IS NOT USED WILL atrophy AND DISAPPEAR. THE OSTRICH, NATURALISTS SAY, ONCE HAD WONDERFUL WINGS, BUT NOT CARING TO USE THEM, PREFERRING TO WALK ON THE EARTH RATHER THAN MOUNT IN THE AIR, it practically lost its wings their strength passing into its legs the giraffe probably once had an ordinary neck like other animals but being long used to reach up to gather its food from the branches of trees it lifted its body up in the upward direction until it is now the tallest of all animals its elongated neck enabling it to gather the leaves from lofty trees something like this takes place continually in human lives we rise or fall by our ideals by our pursuit or our disregard of them the majority of us make bungling work of our living we spend so much precious time and effort catering to the desires of our animal natures and live chiefly along the lines of life's lower aims and opportunities when we might be soaring everywhere we see men making a splendid living but a very poor life succeeding in their vocations but failing as men swerving from their own highest ideals for the sake of making a little more money on every hand we see people sacrificing the higher to the lower dwarfing the best thing in them for a superficial material advantage selling the birthright of the soul's ideal for a mess of pottage is there any reason or intelligence in man's continuing to turn his ability his energies all there is in him into dollars after he has many times more of these than he can ever use for living and betterment is the gift of life so cheap so meaningless of so little importance that we can afford to spend time on things that do not endure upon unnecessary material things which soon pass away to the neglect of those that endure we know that life is our great opportunity to acquit ourselves like men yet it is too often into these transient things that we pour the full force of our energies while we only sigh and wish that we could achieve our ideals we sacrifice much to gain wealth but practically nothing to realize the outreach of our souls yet the ideal is indeed the pearl of great price in the balance with which all that a man hath besides is as nothing the red-letter men of the world have always been men of high ideals to which they were ever loyal men who have said this one thing i do and have put the whole strength of their lives into their effort to realize their ideal if from the start you listen to and obey that something within which urges you to find the road that leads up higher if you listen to and obey the voice which bids you look up and not down whichever calls you on and up no matter what is outward seeming your life cannot be a failure the really successful men and women are those who by the nobility of their example contribute to the uplift the happiness the enlargement of life to the wisdom of the world not those who have merely piled up selfish dollars a rich personality enriches everybody who comes in contact with it everybody who touches a noble life feels ennobled thereby there is machinery so delicate that it can measure the least expenditure of physical force if similar machinery could be devised for measuring character many a millionaire would be chagrined at the record of his own just measurement while many a humble worker would be amazed at the high mark his earnest unceasing efforts to reach his ideal had achieved i believe the time will come when not money but growth not lands and houses but mental and moral expansion in larger and nobler living will be even the popular measure of true riches real success the measure of a successful man will be that of his soul he will be rated in a new sort of bradstreet a spiritual bradstreet as a large heart a magnanimous mind a cultured intellect instead of as a great checkbook. phillips brooks said the ideal life of full completion haunts us all we feel the thing we ought to be breathing beneath the thing we are God hides some ideal in every human soul. Some time in his life, each feels a trembling, fearful longing to do some great good thing. Life finds its noblest spring of excellence in its hidden impulse to do one's best. Every one who substitutes the finer for the cheaper goal, each one who today and every day holds to his high ideal despite the stress and turmoil of modern daily living in such measure hastens the day when such an ideal will be the inspiration of the masses and the power that moves the world chapter twelve